Welcome back, everyone, to 32 Beat Beyond the Tweets. My name is Zach Hajduk, and today I'm super excited to bring to you a great conversation with Bears beat writer Zach Pearson. Last week's giveaway winners were Brent Sharber and Vin Brady, who is at truth underscore soup. Please make sure to check your DMs so that we can get those to you. Thank you all for participating in that, by the way, and helping spread the word about the podcast. Also, a reminder that after the conversation, we'll consider some of the fantasy fallout, so feel free to stick around. Now, let's get on to the conversation. Hey, everyone. Today, I have with us beat writer Zach Pearson. Zach is a beat writer for the Chicago Bears with BearReport.com for 24-7 sports. And if you're interested, he also covers UNC for Tar Heels Wire. And of course, you can find him on Twitter at Zach, that's Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Welcome to the show, Zach. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk football here. A couple uh, weeks away now from training camp. It's kind of the uh, dead period. So I'm excited to get kind of get that going. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for us to kind of speculate on what we might have going on. So hopefully you can help us out and what we can expect for all of that in the next couple of weeks here, particularly at the end of the month. Um, Before we do that, though, give me just real quick uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came to cover the Bears, if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, I grew up outside of Chicago. It's like um, Rockford, it's called. Um, It's like 60, 65 miles outside of Chicago. Just always kind of had a passion for sports. Um, and yeah, um, you know, in college just kind of wrote for a couple of blogs, um, then, you know, wrote pieces like weekly for the bear report. And then, um, eventually when the publisher moved on, um, I was pretty much experienced and ready enough to take it over. So, um, yeah, I, I got the opportunity and had it ever since it's been like six, seven years. Um, so yeah, just kind of working hard and, uh, you finally get your chance. You kind of just take advantage of it. There you go. Well, that's good to hear that uh, you had that opportunity. And obviously, you're super experienced covering this team. So uh, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. And just jumping right into it, uh, after going 3-14 and last year, uh, finishing at the bottom of the division uh, under first-time head coach uh, Matt Eberflus, what do you think, just in general, the team's hopes and aspirations are for this coming season? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a different vibe this year from the time that I've been at House Hall um, for OTAs and minicamp. And you look back, there were three and fourteen last year, worst record in the league. Um, I don't think they were the worst team, though, if that you know makes sense at all. Um, sure. You know, I I think they do. They just didn't win the games they should have won. Um, they struggled to kind of close out some games, things like that. So going into this year, I mean. They believe they have the most important piece in place um, at quarterback mm-hmm. with Justin Fields. Um, so, you know, in terms of the hopes and strategies and what they kind of foresee is, I mean, they think they can contend um, in mm-hmm. the NFC North. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a weaker division. I'll say, you know, Aaron Rodgers left. They kind of opened up the door a little bit. Um, the Detroit Lions are kind of the favorites in, in a lot of the betting markets. Um, to me, I mean, I think they're good. Still unproven. Um, and then and then Minnesota last year kind of just felt like fool's gold and they're kind of, you know, um, rebuilding on the fly, I'd say. So for a team like Chicago, like, you know, they're going to plan this offense, how they, how, how they've planned it last year. They, they want to run the football. They want Justin Fields to kind of take a step forward in the passing game. And, um, you know, they kind of retool that defense. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think the hope and the vibes around the team is, is just a little bit more exciting 
um, from the players. They, they, they really think they have a chance um, to build something special here. Yeah, it's good to hear that they have a little, uh, you know, hope headed in after such a, you know, earning the number one overall pick. Yeah. But then, yeah, you mentioned they they kept Justin Fields. They didn't uh, take a quarterback at the top of the draft, traded out. Um, just keeping with Justin Fields for a moment. Last year, he had 55 sacks, I believe it was. 60% completion rate. Now, if you look at PFF, uh, I think he had a 71% adjusted completion rate. So a, a little bit better, but that was still like 20 out of 22 uh, for quarterbacks with like at least 100 or 430 dropbacks. Excuse me. He did have 17 touchdowns through the air. Do you see, uh, what do you think his biggest improvement is going to be? Do you see that improving? Do you see those numbers going up at all? Obviously, he adds a lot in the rushing game, which we can also talk about. But in uh, reference to passing, how do you think he's going to do this year? Yeah, I mean, the hope is he takes a step forward. Um, you know, I mentioned that they still want to be a run-first team, but he also is going to have to make throws to win games. Um, you know, we saw it at times last year, his arm talent, but we saw you know other times where they were pretty much the worst passing offense in the NFL. Um, and he struggled in the passing game at times. And not all of it's his fault. The offensive line wasn't good in, in his first two seasons. Hasn't had a lot of weapons. Um, last year was just kind of, you know, Darnell Mooney and then Cole Komet and pretty much, eh. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they want to work on the mechanics a little bit. They want to work on the footwork. Footwork's probably the biggest thing. Getting the ball out quick. Um, going through his reads. Taking a check down if it's there. You know, you don't always have to force the ball down the field. You don't have to scramble and run, um, mm. you know, where you can just take that check down or take the safe, easy completion. I'd say that's pretty much where they want the biggest improvement. Um, you know, and so far from what we've seen, it's been up and down the offseason. It's only seven on seven. It's 11 on 11 and, and, and no pads. Um, training camp will tell us a lot more when the pads come on and they're, and they're fully you know, running reps and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean – the footwork has definitely improved a little bit in my eyes, and I do think the ball is coming out quicker. Um, and I think having you know a new target in DJ Moore will, will certainly help him too. Yeah, and I'm excited to get your opinion on him, but you mentioned that you expect them to still be a run-first team. Yeah. Do you see them scaling back Justin Fields' rushing attempts after having 160 last year? Obviously, that includes both scrambles or designed runs, um, and I'm not sure on the particulars on the percentages there, but he did have a hundred thousand one hundred and forty three yards and eight touchdowns. So he's super effective. Do you think they'll try to keep that back a little bit or just let him totally loose? I don't think they're going to like tell him like, yeah, don't run at all. Um, you know, a lot of those runs were off scrambles, off broken plays, you know, plays that broke down that were like, you know, okay, first options out there. He decided to tuck it and run. Um, I think we'll see fewer of that. I think he'll, do better in going through his progressions, going through his reads. And if he does that, he should find someone in the passing game. If not, I mean, obviously he thinks he can take off and run. He'll do that. I don't think we'll see a thousand rushing yards like we did last year. I don't think we'll see as many rushing attempts just because okay. I do think they'll get better in the passing game. Um, and if that's the case, then it, you know, we, we should have fewer rushing attempts for him, but I, I don't know if it's going to be like the bears are going to scale back, designed runs i still think they want to mix those into this offense sure and that would make sense with a weapon like that guy yeah. so do you believe the offensive line then you must have obviously a little bit more confidence in the receiving core uh which again we'll get to but the offensive line itself you think that'll hopefully hold up a little bit more for him this year i don't know 
how many big additions you had, but maybe just enough. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly tried to uh, fix it and patch it up a little bit. They invested money in Nate Davis, a right guard, you know, a veteran over from Tennessee. They took um, Darnell Wright in the first round with their with their first round pick out of Tennessee. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to have to be better. <laughs> and, 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 you know, last year, I mean, if Justin Fields didn't scramble and make, you know, plays, he would have had a lot more sacks because of how often the – the um, offensive line broke down, but I think they got a good veteran up the middle in, in Cody White here at center. Um, Tevin Jenkins has been asked to play a few different positions in the line, and he succeeded in everywhere he's asked. And, and now they're asking him to play left guard. You know, Braxton Jones on the outside, left tackle. He, he's a question mark. He played every snap last year as a rookie, um, day three pick. Um, so yeah, I mean they're young on the outside. Um, you know, they're they have two tackles in, in, in you know a guy in his second year and a guy in his ro- and a rookie. So, I mean, it, it might take a little time to gel together. Um, the talent's there, though. It's just can they all work together and they, can they kind of translate to the field? And also, can they stay healthy? Because one thing I'm worried about is is the depth behind them. It's not very good. Um, you'll have Lucas Patrick, a veteran, who has experience at guard and center. They'll have Laurie Boren, who has a little experience. Tari Carter, who was a second-year player. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the depth behind them is, is not very good. So they, they got to stay healthy, too. Okay, so we'll hope for a lack of injuries there. With the addition of DJ Moore, as we mentioned, uh, what should we expect from the combination between quarterback and wide receiver there? We saw them working together this offseason. In fact, I think you may have tweeted out that video. Um, A lot of comparisons have been made this offseason, and uh, I think it's right to be at least a little bit excited because he is a talent it kind of has made people think of the AJ Brown to the Eagles or Tyree kill to the dolphins. Do you think those are fair comparisons or do you think that's kind of pie in the sky with the fact that you mentioned they still want to be run first? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's an interesting comparison because I see what they're saying. You know, when, when a quarterback gets a, a finally gets a weapon, the production, you know, upticks. Um, and that's certainly what they hope is the case in Chicago. Uh, I like DJ Moore. I think he's a good receiver. I don't think he's on the, you know, the same level as Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, anyone like that. Um, but he's a good one, number one wide receiver for Justin Fields. And so far, you know, through OTAs and minicamp, I mean, he's been the go-to guy. And But, you know, I have to mention Darnell Mooney's not been there practicing. And Chase Claypool missed, you know, five of the six weeks or what, um, that we were there um, in OTAs and minicamp. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is going to be the number one option. I like what I see so far. It's been, you know, Fields throwing him open, more getting open. It's also been Fields putting, you know, more in a 50-50 situation. Moore's gone up and, and, and won those um, against the secondary. So, yeah, I, I think that the addition of Moore is, was big, especially trading that number one pick. They got another future first rounder. They got a couple more picks. They also got a legit weapon for Justin Fields, um, and, and they've been missing that. They They really need that number one wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I mean, and yeah, they've all been pretty much together most of the offseason working out. I think um they're either gonna go down to Florida or Atlanta, California, one of those three. They all should be working out together uh here soon before training camp, if not already. Um, I haven't seen much on that, but um I, I do know that's the plan. So kind of just getting that chemistry together with with all of them, you know, is huge. Okay, yeah, maybe we'll see a few more hype videos there. And yeah. he he has been productive, at least with Carolina. Obviously, it's not a one-for-one. 
Uh, hopefully, honestly, his quarterback play will be better after playing with people like Darnold, Mayfield, <laughs> Heineke, PJ Walker, a whole list. Yeah. I think he's had maybe what this will be his seventh quarterback. It's been rough, uh, man. right? So I, I would anticipate it being better than uh, that. And he's had three 1000 yard seasons, even after only having 888 last year. But he did have seven touchdowns, which uh, was his career high. So I, I would hope that we can see something at least similar to the production he, he put up in in uh, Carolina there. So uh, you did also mention Darnell Mooney. He seems like he might be a great number two Uh, last uh, well in 2021, rather he had a thousand yard season. And then last year didn't seem to exactly uh, maybe live up to the hope that there was after that, that 2021 season, he did get that ankle injury in November and that knocked him out for the rest of the year. Is he healthy at this point? You had mentioned he missed uh, uh, the OTAs, right? Uh, Where do you see him at? Yeah, I think he'll be ready for training camp. I think he just did an interview, um, you know, a couple days ago where he said the ankle's fine. He should be good to go for training camp. Um, You know, he might miss the first couple practices. I think that's probably worst case scenario. Um, You know, extreme worst case scenarios for some reason he's out for the entire training camp. I don't think I'd be shocked if that happened. Okay. Um, so he, he should be ready there for uh training camp. It should be good to go. Um, you know, last year, all we heard in the off season was, you know, him and Justin Fields created this bond. They established this bond, this friendship. Um, they spent all their time together, working out, throwing, they're in the facility late together. Um, so yeah. And we were all excited for it. And then kind of got off to a slow start. The passing game kind of got off to a slow start. Teams were able to kind of double up on Mooney, focus on Mooney. Cause they're really just, you know, wasn't another threat on that offense. Mm. Um, and, you know, he saw that with, with his numbers. When he did get the ankle injury, um, I believe it was the Jets game in November. Yeah, I think it was November. Um, he was kind of finally starting to hit his groove, and then that kind of derailed him. And it was a little disappointing because, mm. you know, he's a, he's a great guy. He deserves all the success. And he's, he's really worked his, you know, ass off. And um, he did that this offseason too. I mean, there's been plenty of videos out for him um, training and he was actually on the one of the practice fields with um with fields and Cole Komet um working out and, and apparently you know running routes. So yeah it um you know I, I wouldn't be shocked if he if he's um back fully healthy right there for training camp. Okay that's good to hear and uh again maybe honestly with the addition of DJ Moore that helps him out like you mentioned yeah. he's not gonna get any double teams this year as provided everybody's healthy. Uh, the third wide receiver that may help him out, uh, Chase Claypool. Now, we've seen a lot of stories on him recently. <laughs> as far as I know, he hasn't participated in anything in the offseason about like mini camps or OTAs. Uh, we saw him modeling in Paris, uh, which, of course, isn't wrong, but it kind of feels odd that he wasn't there giving his disappointing season last year once he transitioned from the Steelers. Is there any chance he's on the roster bubble, or did they give up too much of a pick to warrant him not being on the team or being questionable yeah i i don't think there's any chance he's on the roster bubble um like you said i mean they did give up a second rounder they didn't know at the time it was going to be um you know it would have been the first pick of the second round but ended up being number 32 because the dolphins didn't have a first round pick um so if they would have i think if they would have known that and they could have predicted the future they probably wouldn't have done it um but i mean he struggled last year learning a new offense i think a lot of people thought 
okay, you just get a guy comes in, he should learn the offense quick. Um, you know, it's not Madden. You can't really just make a trade and the guy is just, he knows the playbook and he's going to be on fire. Um, but it was disappointing. And, you know, he did struggle a little bit um, learning the playbook. He did struggle a little bit getting on the same page as Justin Fields. Everything we've heard from the team this year is, yeah, Chase has made strides. Um, he looks good. He looks more comfortable in the offense. And, you know, this is head coach. This is Fields. This is his other teammates. This is um, position coaches all saying this stuff. Um, we just haven't seen it on the field because he was there right. for the first week of, of OTAs. And then um, he had the soft tissue injury, kept him out. Um, I don't know if he's been – if he's with them now, if he has been – working before the OTAs with fields. Um, I do know. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he was over in Paris modeling. Um, I think he was in London. I want to say he was in London doing like football camps over there. Cause he is, he's actually yeah. the bears uh, like international ambassador. I did uh, see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which maybe that tells you why he was in Europe just in general. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know when he's back. I, I, it's a weird situation. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really offer a lot on, on, on things when we got to talk to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just have to kind of take what the, the coach's word for it and hope that he does um, take that next step. Because I do think if if he gets that full offseason, he learns a playbook, he gets, you know, um, the connection with Justin Fields, they have three solid wide receivers. I think they have a really good one, DJ Moore. They have a, they could have potentially have two more really good ones in Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. And what I like is when all three of them are out there, they're all kind of interchangeable too. They Every one of them can work in the slot. They can work on the outside. Um, you know, it, it would it would probably mean really good things for Justin Fields in this offense. Yeah, I mean, you have uh, like you, you mentioned, if all three of them are healthy and all three of them play at the peak that they've shown, I think you have a really good, you know, I, I don't know, maybe a B. I don't know what what you'd grade it, uh, considering the rest of the NFL. But that's it's a lot better than a lot of teams out there. If you yeah. get the peak of all three of them, that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. And you did mention the interchangeability, and I was just looking at some things. I'm I'm curious before he was traded to Chicago from Pittsburgh last year he was Chase Claypool that is was being used at like a 79% uh slot percentage uh most of his time in the years previous he was on the outside and yeah. once he came to Chicago we saw him on the outside quite a bit but with DJ Moore coming back uh or coming to the team rather does he go into the slot or is that a Mooney role? Or like you said, is that going to be pretty interchangeable Mooney, maybe typifying more of a traditional slot receiver, getting that workload. I'm, I'm not sure what it'll, it'll look like. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think Mooney is probably more of the traditional slot um, than Claypool. I don't think it would limit Claypool from going into the slot in certain formations. Um, honestly, I, you know, I think we could see DJ more in the slot a little bit just to kind of create those mismatches. Um, you know, a lot of defenses, you know, the, a lot of the, the base defenses now are, are, are nickel defenses. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know the exact numbers, but it's 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 crazy high for how many times nickels <laughs> is on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're going to see them kind of interchange. And, you know, Claypool's done a little bit of both. Um, obviously, I think the size probably benefits them more on the outside. But, yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see because, like, like I said, we haven't even seen all three of them on the field really at once, which is – you know, when it comes training camp, that's going to be one of the things I'm looking out for is who's lining up where, um, how, you know, who's who's matched up against who on the defense when those three are on the field. I, I, think, I think there's a lot of possibilities for them. And you add in, you know, like Cole Komet, um, too, a, a pass-catching tight end. And, right. You know, 
hopefully it means good things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on that for sure. And that's why, again, it's good to talk to you before we get to that point. That way we can kind of know what to keep an eye on. So moving to the running back room, uh, maybe training camp is one of those places where we see this shake out too, but it seems a little bit convoluted right now. You have uh, Khalil Herbert, who's been on the team for a couple of years. Uh, you have Roshan Johnson, the rookie who's taken in the fourth. And then they also signed Deontay Foreman also uh, of the Panthers last year, at least. And he had 913 yards in 2022. Uh, none of them at least jump off the page to me. As the third down guy, maybe you have uh, some insight there too, but Herbert in the past, at least when he's gotten 19, 20 carries, seems to have performed well, but do you anticipate them using him as kind of a lead guy? Is anybody going to be a lead guy? What do we think's happening there? Or is Man, maybe it, Justin Fields the lead guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would not shock me to see Justin Fields lean the team and rushing again. Um, Man, I don't know. It, this is a weird situation. So they decided they didn't want to pay David Montgomery at the price the Lions paid him. Mm-hmm. And they brought back um, Khalil Herbert. They brought back Tristan Ebner, who was a draft pick last year. But then they also signed, you know, Dante Foreman. They signed Travis Homer. And they went oh, out yeah. and drafted Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the only thing I know as of right now is Khalil Herbert will be running back one going into training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, how long that lasts, I don't know. I will say... I do know talking to running back coach David Walker, you know, listening to Matt Eberflus, pass protection is very, very important for running backs in this offense. And if you're not a good passing, pass blocking running back, um, your playing time is probably going to decrease. It's just kind of the vibe I got. And the knock on Cleo Herbert has been he's not a good pass blocking running back. Um, mm. You know, whereas Dr. Foreman's probably, you know, he's a veteran, he, he's probably a little better at it. Um, Roshan Johnson, you know, seems to be a good passing, uh, pass blocking running back. I, um, you know, Travis or Tristan Ebner did a little bit last year. I'm not saying Khalil Herbert will drop to running back three, but I do think that could hinder him staying on the field a little more. But right. in the two years, you know, he's gotten his chance with David Montgomery, you know, sideline a couple of games and, and he's taken advantage of it. Um, he, he's performed well. He had a nice game against, uh, I believe it was the Raiders a couple of years ago. Um, and another one at, at home against, I can't remember who it was in his rookie year um, at Soldier Field, but, uh, you know, he, he played well. I just think it's going to be a weird mix of just three running backs, you know, running back by committee um, type approach. Now, if Roshan Johnson takes over as a starter week six, seven, it would not shock me at all. I think they're mm. really high on him. I think he's really good. I think he could have been, you know, late first, early second, if if he wasn't playing with Bijan Robinson at Texas. Right. Um, yeah, as far as third down back, I have no idea what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna happen with that. That's all. Sure. I just, I just, it's it's the most it's the toughest position right now to get a read on, just because they have so many guys who can do so much back there, and I think they're gonna keep four of them. So I, I you know I think special teams and maybe third down ability might be the decision maker if they're choosing between someone like Travis Homer and Tristan Ebner. Okay. So yeah, that would make sense if it takes a couple of weeks before we get any real clarity. And then of course, you know, injuries tend to always be a thing at that position. So uh, also I believe you took this guy in the fourth round. The bears did uh, Tyler Scott. Do you have any opinions on uh, him and how he fits into the offense there? Yeah. Fast, really, 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 really fast. Uh, (laughs) Good yards after catch. Um, 
really nice guy too. Really humble, knows he's getting a shot. Um, so I, I like that. Uh, I know Ryan Poles in, in this off in this front office are big on um, you know not only the, the skills that are on the field, but the type of person players are off the field. And he Tyler Scott kind of fits that mold, so it didn't really surprise me um, when they when they picked him there. So his role in the offense, um, yeah, it's tough because, you know, he's kind of similar to Velas Jones, a lot of speed, um, you know, can be a burner in this offense. I think it's going to take him a little bit to kind of get going in this offense just because he's going to be behind, you know, the three that we already mentioned. Um, and then you have Velas Jones, EQ St. Brown, and Dante Pettis. Um, mm-hmm. That's three guys right there as well. So there's six and Scott seven. Now, I don't think they're keeping seven wide receivers. I think they'll keep six. I think Scott – definitely be one of them barring an injury. I think it's just, he's going to have to find his role as the year goes on. I think what they'll try to do is probably try to get him, you know, get him the football in space. Um, you know, maybe use a couple deep shots. We've, we've seen a lot of deep throws this off season and practices, and that's by design, not, not by design, not only to Tyler Scott, but you know, to DJ Moore, to Dante Pettis, to Velas Jones, to St. Brown. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he's going to have his chance in training camp to, to win a, win, you know, his role. And I think, mm. you know, watching him against Phyllis Jones, they'll probably both be working with the second team, maybe a couple third team reps, but if he has a big camp. I think he'll go a long way. I just think, you know, as a rookie, he'll probably have to earn his way a little more, um, as the season goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that sometimes for those really fast guys, they may be super helpful for the team, but don't have a ton of snaps, but yeah. are, are on the field to, at least give the uh, the threat there of, of something deep. And uh, with with that, the Bears offense, I'm curious to it. it it'll be interesting to see. It, it seems like they'll probably have to carry the team this year, which seems weird to say for the Bears. <laughs> um, but last year, 32nd, uh, at least in points against giving up about 27 points a game. That is a lot to yeah. overcome if you're the offense. So how do you see the defense uh, competing this year? They added a couple pieces at linebacker, I believe, in free agency, a couple D linemen in the draft. What do you see happening on defense this year, or is the offense going to have to do the same thing and just be trying to keep up with the other side of the ball? Yeah, worst. Um, I think they're worse in sacks, worse in pressures, <laughs> worse in quarterback <laughs> hit, all of that. I mean, they were just near the bottom of run defense. Um it's going to be that front seven. And um, I, I do think they improved it with, you know, TJ Edwards at linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker. They drafted Noah Sewell is going to be able to, to compete out there um, for a starting spot. But that defensive line has to get pressure. A defensive line has to stop the run. I think the Bears secondary, the numbers really don't reflect last year. Um, mm. I think they're pretty bad because those numbers, you know, because they, they were just covering all the time. I mean, they just, mm. they were they're covering for so long because there was no pressure and that's the worst case scenario for for a defensive back. So I, I think the Bears defensive or the Bears secondary will probably be their their strength again. Um, but if the defensive line doesn't get pressure, they're going to be in trouble. Um, and, and it could be a carbon copy of what we saw last year. So I, I do think they got better at the, at the two linebacker spots. Um, we'll have to see up front with, with uh, Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens. Those are pretty much the two big guys they drafted on the okay. defensive line. They went out and they added um, Andrew Billings. They added uh, Demarcus Walker, who's got a little versatility, um, can play all the different spots. They brought back Justin Jones. So there is some veteran leadership there. It's going to be a lot of interchangeable stuff. I, I think we'll see Dexter moved around a little bit, the three technique, 
Um, you know, maybe move out to the outside. Same with Pickens. He kind of feels more of like a three technique um, himself. But, you know, Dexter's very athletic. Um, he's a big guy. He can move quick. You know, and pretty much what he was asked to do at, at Florida it won't be what he's asked to do here. Um, that's why you really didn't see the get off as fast when watching him on tape at Florida. He was kind of just a read and react type guy. Um, here, they're probably just going to ask him, go get the quarterback, stop the run. Um, and then you're hoping for big seasons from Travis Gibson and uh, Dominique Robinson out there on the outside. If they can get pressure, defense will be better in my eyes. Um, now, still, it'd be ideal for the offense to go out there and put up 27, 28, 29, 30 points a game. Sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, as we saw last year, it's just sometimes when you have a bad defense, that's just it's not sustainable, and, and you're going to struggle right. if that happens. Okay, so we'll be seeing how that uh, that plays out this year. And uh, just assuming that Justin Fields and the the reason that they invested in DJ Moore is is maybe a little bit to do with all of that. So, yeah. is there anyone you think is going to surprise anyone this year? And this can be offense, defense, whatever you like. Here, uh, anybody that you're thinking might just pop that uh, nobody's expecting to have as big of an impact as as what Man. you think may happen. Um, that's a tough one because I do think, well, I guess not nationally, but. You know, locally, a lot of people are high on a couple of players as breakout candidates, um, maybe na- not nationally. So taking that angle, the national angle, I I, I love Tyreek Stevenson, the defensive back they drafted. Um, I know the Bears are really high on him. The fans are really high. They think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to be – I think he'll start from day one. Um, he'll start opposite of Jalen Johnson. They'll put Kyler Gordon in the slot. I think he's got the skill set to be really good in this league. And – one thing the Bears have lacked in the defensive back spot outside of, you know, Kyler Gordon and the, and the two safeties is, you know, Jalen Johnson is is not a guy that's going to be forcing takeaways. He's not going to be picking the ball off a lot. I think he's got one or two career interceptions. Um, he doesn't get targeted often because he is the number one guy. He does follow the number one guy. Um, so he can try to stay away from him at times. But I think with Tyreek Stevenson out there, I mean, he he just looks like he's going to be a good defense. <laughs> like he looks like he's going to be a future Pro Bowler. And mm. I mean, he he's got the length. He's got he's got the skill set, um, the instincts. I've just been impressed. I mean, he's gone up against Tyler Scott a couple times in practice, and he's and he's won those matchups. And Scott's got that burning speed. He's also gone up against you know DJ Moore and Vilas Jones and lost a couple battles. But I, I think going mm. up against Moore, a veteran like that, will certainly help him. Yeah, I, I think Tyreek Stevenson is going to be really good in this league. I, I'm very high on him. Okay, yeah, after drafting him in the second round, hopefully yep. you can expect. Do you think he's going to start? Yeah, I think he'll start, yeah. And, okay. um, you know, another guy I would have said, I, I think this is kind of more nationally. I think people are expecting this. I think Jaquan Brisker is going to have a big year as well. Um, I mean, he 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 had a great rookie year, had a concussion towards the end of the year that kind of, you know, he even admitted put him in a, in a weird spot because he wasn't used to it. Um you know, couldn't be around the team because you have to kind of, you know, recover. Um, so, yeah, I think Jaquan Brisker is going to have a big year. So that's two guys in the secondary. And if that right. happens, I mean, that, that's 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 going to be good things for that defense. Yeah, two uh, top two round top. Yeah, two rounds yeah. picks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back to back years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in the secondary there. So, okay. Uh, as is tradition on the show, I try to give all of the writers a soapbox to stand on, as it were. Is there something that you don't believe is discussed enough with the team? Or is there something that you believe people just generally are getting wrong about the Bears? Or, you know, however you want to take it, is there something that you have just burning 
on your 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 brain that you have to something that you have to get off your chest yeah um i don't have like a hot take or anything like that um i just i think i mentioned it earlier i think it was the second question about you know being three and 14 last year and i think a lot of people see this and, and i see a lot of mock drafts maybe the bears you know are picking in the top five six seven eight and obviously right. the top ten i think you know like i said they were three and 14 I don't think they were the worst team in football last year. I don't think they're going to be close to the worst team in football this year. I actually think they're going to be right there in the NFC North. I think they'll be second, um, you know, maybe behind the Lions, behind the Vikings. I don't, I just, I don't know about the other three teams, but I, I think they have a good shot at that. Um, you know, okay. I, I've put, I put it out there that I think, you know, they'll probably be eight, nine, nine and eight. Um, I think that's, I wouldn't say the ceilings. I think if everything goes right, you know, they could get to maybe nine, yeah. 10 wins. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to be better than a lot of people are are, are saying out there. And I, and I do think they, they weren't the worst team. I do think they have the right quarterback. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not really a hot take. I'm, uh, sure. Sorry if you're looking for that, but no, it, no. I, I, you know, I, when I, when I hear that question and I look at the bears, I just, I, I feel like there's not like outside of Justin Fields, there's not a lot of big storylines nationally. Like I feel like everyone is either like, okay, they're going to be a team that takes that next step and can win the division, or they're just going to be bad. Like there's like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's weird. Sure. It's, a, it's a weird storyline season for them. Yeah. I think they're over under right now is on the season six and a half wins or something like that. So if they can get to nine and eight or eight and nine last year, the lions were nine and eight, the yeah. green Bay Packers who finished in third were eight, and nine. And that was with Aaron Rodgers. I'd have to look at their splits with the bears on the season, but uh, the Vikings won a lot of games that they maybe shouldn't have last season as well. An all-time historical comeback involved as well in one game. So, hey, I think anything could happen. It sounds like what you're saying. And, and I, you know, I don't think you're crazy. So, uh, <laughs> I, I could, I could see <laughs> so, um, hey, I just, uh, to our listeners out there, make sure to check out uh, all of Zach's work over at bearreport.com. And then, of course, make sure to follow him on Twitter. Again, great information there for us, Zach. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. Um, I enjoyed it. Good luck with all the podcasting, all the coverage. Um, yeah, and uh, have a good season, too. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Fallout, where we're going to just break down a few things that Zach had to say for us. So if we're looking at the team overall on the offense, it looks like they're going to be run-focused. No big surprise there. Offensive lines that aren't that great tend to be better going forward rather than back, and of course, with fields, that makes sense. However, fields is possibly going to run less, which isn't necessarily all that bad, since it'll most likely be due to some additional success in the passing game. However, if he doesn't run as much, I'm not putting him quite in the same tier as Lamar or Herbert. I don't personally believe that he's as good of a passer yet, and for instance, he had less passing attempts and completions than Lamar did last year, and Lamar played three last games. I'd still take him at QB7 instead of QB6 where he's currently going, but I do think that there is a tier break there. Now, considering the wide receiver core, I'm not sure I'm completely in on DJ Moore at his price. Not sure I'm completely out either. I'd just rather have somebody like Brandon Ayuk or Christian Kirk instead of DJ Moore, but I do think that his price at wide receiver 26 is reasonably fair. 
if I'm going to gamble on another wide receiver on this team, it's probably going to be Darnell Mooney. I don't know that I can believe it until I see it again, but his price at 128 overall in best ball and wide receiver 59 is fair. I may want to take a shot on somebody like Van Jefferson instead, though, just because I believe that the upside there is a little bit higher. As far as tight end, although we didn't talk to Zach too much about it, Cole Komet's obviously the dude here, which is no big surprise. I'm just not all too interested in Komet and would rather have pretty much any other tight end drafted near or just after him. I just simply don't have faith that he's going to catch another seven touchdowns again this year. Now for the running backs. I'm going to draft Roshan Johnson if I'm drafting anybody on this squad. And the reason is, he's the only guy, according to what Zach had to say, that seemingly could actually be a number one in this backfield. A fourth-round draft pick isn't nothing to spend on a running back, and Khalil Herbert was not drafted by this regime, and just because he has a few good games in the past doesn't make him the guy automatically. As Zach mentioned, his upside is extremely capped as he can't be trusted on the field for third down. Foreman is a solid veteran, but there's no reason to expect that he gets third down work either. Roshan is currently being taken 30 spots behind Khalil Herbert, and I'll gladly take that value. And if what Zach believes may happen does, he's a steal at 152 overall. I also wanted to personally thank all of you so much for all of the awesome feedback that we've received from you. The response to us beginning this podcast has been incredible, and I'm just so happy that you guys are enjoying it, to be honest with you. If you want to help support this independent podcast and get some additional perks, you can support us over on Patreon, and you can check that out on our website at 32beatwriters.com. Now, just a reminder that training camp starts this week, guys, this week, so make sure to follow us on Twitter at 32BeatWriters and make sure to have those notifications on. We will see you next week.